into the Utah Preps Zone. I'm Jay Katz, your host here, joined as always by my fearless co-host, he of many hot takes, Sean Walker. Sean, how are you? You say I've got the hot takes, and yet you were the one to predict the end of a 29-year losing streak, which I think gave all the fire to a certain uh, Thunderbirds brand last week. But I'm doing well, Jake. How are you? Wow, you just had to bring that up right off the top. I did predict that or I mean, not Orm, Provo would upset Tim View in that 29-year streak. Well, it's going to be a 30-year streak, so we'll see what happens. Plus, meet Hatch. I know. I got run over. Anyways, hey, it was close. 13-7. to That's much more competitive than some of these games have been. Hey, shout out to the Bulldogs. One day. One, one day. day. That one streak day. will end. Maybe one day. Like that streak is almost as old as I am. That's terrifying. Think about that. Anyways, you're old. <laughs> Stop. All right, Sean. Well, we are talking Utah high school football here on this here podcast. Let's start off looking back a little bit at week three in the high school ranks. We had two regions who kicked off region play last week. Region play will get into kind of full swing here over the next couple of weeks as a number of regions begin play tonight. And I think by next week, all regions will be in action at that point. But looking back at last week, Sean, what were some of your takeaways from week three? Uh, yeah, so region one, region nine, kind of get off the schneid. Let's kind of let's start down south and work our way up a little bit because okay. I think we have the uh, one true contender in 4A pretty much established until further notice, and mm-hmm. that notice could come as early as this week. It com- could come in like one or two weeks. Um, but Dixie opening up Region 9 play at Desert Hills and comes away with a 62-36 to win over their uh, heated rivals. Correct. Until further notice, I'm establishing the Flyers as the team to beat in Class 4A. Now, I know there are, pro- there are a lot of schools that are going to say, well, what about X? What about Park City? What about... Uh, uh, at a Logan from the from yeah. Cash Ridge Valley Line, somewhere cetera, up there, yeah. yeah, Ridgeline might have something to say against that. that. That's why I say until further notice. I think the Flyers have taken on a very challenging schedule. Um, even their one loss is very impressive. One point loss on just a weird missed extra point at on the road at Springville, playing up a classification. Um, so I really like what I saw out of Dixie this week and. Um, certainly I think they're the team to be in region nine and probably like, like I said, among the best teams in class four. Yeah, no, I would be, I would agree with that. Reggie Graff has been fantastic for Dixie so far this year. He's been lights out going up and down the field and you're right. I think it's pretty clear. There is a very clear number one in the four a ranks and that is the Dixie flyers. And I think there's a bunch of other teams kind of jostling for position but there's a very clear delineation that there's one and then everybody else down here does that make sense yeah and then, i mean there's certainly there's a there's a strong tier too for sure and and you know whatever we say now in week three week four um isn't going to mean a whole lot by week 10 so Correct. take obviously take that with a grain of salt but the flyers have just been so good um playing up playing down playing their same level of competition and and i don't expect things to change too much in the near future. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Uh, also in Region 9, Sean, we actually saw Crimson Cliffs get their first win in program history. They went up and uh, actually they hosted Canyon View, and Canyon View is down. They're not that great of a team, but it's good to see the Mustangs finally get off the schneid here and get their first win in program history. Uh, yeah, especially with the uh, controversy that we'll maybe get into a little bit later around um, their uh, their turf and whether or not they're going to be able to play any more home games or whatnot, but we'll save that for another segment there. Congratulations to the Mustangs. First wins are always first wins, whether it comes against Canyon View or Snow Canyon or even Dixie. Um, you should definitely appreciate them there. Yeah, no, that's that is the that's the big news there. Um, otherwise, in Region Nine, I think kind of went according to what we expected. Pine View beats Cedar, Snow Canyon tops Hurricane, so. Four teams with 1-0 and record, records in region play down there, and of course they'll continue region play this week. It should be interesting to see if anybody does um, emerge from Region 9 as a contender alongside Dixie. I am interested to see how things play out over the next couple of weeks down south. Yeah, 100%. Um, let's move up classification, shall we? Okay. A little bit. Let's move up to uh, 5A. 
And, uh, I mean, there's a lot that we could talk about in the lower classifications as well. Um, but I think we've spoken enough about Bryson Barnes out at Milford, so uh, okay. we'll maybe move on. One note on Bryson Barnes. Nine. Yes, you heard me. Nine touchdowns. Nine touchdowns. In a win over Ogden. Ogden traveled all the way to Milford. You had a 4A school go to a 2A school and get their wheels blown right off. Bryson Barnes is an incredible player. That was a historic performance. Congratulations to him. That's yeah. all I wanted to say. And a uh, nice little front flip into the end zone on his ninth touch- okay. touchdown to cap it off. I missed that until you put that up on social media. I'm like, holy smokes. Well done. That was a great play. Absolutely. We need to actually we'll probably retweet that on the Utah Prep Zone Twitter feed if you want to follow us there. We'll get that out there for you so you can see it a little, little bit because that was a crazy, crazy play. All right. Now, stepping up classification. Go ahead. Yeah, let's uh, let's move up. Let's save 6A. So let's move up a little bit to uh, 5A, shall we? Okay. And uh, let's go with the battle for Provo. Provo Timfew, 29 straight, now 30 straight after a 13-7 win by the Thunderbirds against the Bulldogs. But, Jake, you alluded to it a little bit earlier. Provo did anything, I think, but go away uh, in this game, despite what the final score may indicate. Uh, I would agree. You, you, you went to this game, correct? I was there. Well, what was it? What was the vibe? I guess from that game. I, I know that the battle. They called the battle for Provo. What's the official rivalry name? Have they named I don't it? think it really has an official name. Okay, but if you want to let us know of uh, what we should call the battle for Provo, um, tweet at us at Utah Prep Zone on Twitter. Uh, we're not on Facebook, but I'll make a Facebook page just for this. Uh, we'll throw up some polls and whatnot, and uh, maybe an Instagram or something like that, and uh, let us know what we should call that. So, uh, overall takeaways: this Timview team, and, and Coach Andy Stokes actually talked to us a little bit um, afterwards. This Timview team is very different from past years, and obviously okay. they started out zero and two with a very tough schedule, coming off of a loss um, to uh, coming off of losses to Lone Peak and American Fork, which I think are two of the top teams. Um, Absolutely. In yeah. the state, probably two of the top 10 teams in the state right there. So no real shame in losing to those ball clubs. But this 10 side is, it's very new. They're replacing almost everybody on their offense. Got a very new uh, defensive set, especially on that defensive line. But they're coming together and they're getting better week to week. You can kind of see things starting to click a little bit more. Um, you can You can see... Uh, quarterback Elijah Allen, he's brand new, only a junior, listed at 150 pounds, and that might be a little bit generous. He's not a huge kid, but you can see the game slowly starting to slow down for him and, and being able to pick out uh, some of his receivers, manage a game, know when to throw, when to take a snack, sack, when to, when to hand a ball off, uh, that kind of thing. And if he's ever really confused... He's got this little guy named Raider DeMooney. You might have heard of him, yeah. where you can just throw up, throw up the football, and the BYU commit's probably going to come down with it uh, as often as not. Yeah, Raider, talk about an incredible player. I think you're right. I think this Timview team is different this year. It's not as chock full of talent as we've expected it to be over the years, but Raider DeMooney alone, like you said, he proves to be the difference more often than not. And I, it will be interesting to see what uh, Timview does the rest of this year, but that streak rolls on as they beat Provo High School. And kind of surprising, because I, 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 I look at Provo, and they are so close. Tony McGeary has done an incredible job, a human's effort, really kind of reinvigorating that program. They need to win this game at some point to really, I think, kind of cap that rebuilding process under him. That's my thought on it. But it'll have to wait for at least another year. That's yeah, unfortunate. And, and maybe Brightside is, is I mean, this Provo team is extremely talented. It's they're it, These two teams are in separate regions now. I think this pro. I came away very encouraged by Provo in terms of, um, I know the coaches in the preseason picked them to win region, picked the Bulldogs to win region eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had some question marks in my mind before this game. And despite the loss, what they did to Tim View, holding them to 13 points defensively. Uh, Dallin Havea has a very nice game on the ground with 53 yards on nine carries. Uh, added added a couple more, uh, couple more receptions. Um, and... Uh, they uh, they they get a, a touchdown pass on a little bit of a halfback flip as right. well. So there's creativity. There's there's all the makings of a good offense. They do have a couple of very nice players, um, and I think the Bulldogs are very deserving and very meritous of kind of this Region Eight favorite status that they're having. I know my friends out at, out at Springville, and and um, they're they're probably not going to be happy 
hearing that very well, <laughs> but that game really should come down to all the Region 8 marbles, Region title on the line, everything, and I think Provo really is is in such a good place just in terms of kind of earning sort of some of those those preseason accolades, if you will. Well, kind of the interesting thing about Region 8 right now is there's not a team with a losing record in that region. Everybody is either 2-1 and one or 3-0 and oh on the season, so all off to pretty decent starts this great, year. That's great scheduling, if you ask me. <laughs> it is good scheduling, absolutely. We'll see how it shakes out. It is interesting. Any other thoughts in the 5A ranks? I, the only note I really have is that I think Lehigh is looking like the class of Region 7 so far. I know that Orem has had a tough schedule early on, uh, and you already talked about Timview, but I feel like Lehigh with uh, – I believe it's not. It's Cameron Cooper is the older brother. Creighton, his younger brother, is the quarterback there at Lehigh. I think the Pioneers are are back a little bit here. They had a down year last year, but I think they're back in the mix this year. Yeah, and kind of a little bit of a rebuilding Region Seven. I mean, there's obviously talent. Timview has talent. Orem has talent. Alta has talent. Mm-hmm. Um, even Mountain Ridge and Tippinogas are going to be a little bit pesky, but I don't know if there's a true full team in Region 7 this year. Everybody has sort of their own specialty and their own talent and whatnot. Um, and I I think Ed Larson's boys at Lehigh are as good of a contender as any in that league, and they'll be a lot of fun to watch once we really start getting into league play. Uh, moving back to Region 8, if I could just real quick, yeah. quick shout-out to Springville. I don't want to give them throw too much shade at them because uh, they come away this week with a uh, with a nice 20 to 14 win home win over bountiful um, but off the field this was really cool besides just a gritty win but the uh, shout out to the the Springville student body who at the last minute um, Friday morning they, they wake up to news that the team that they're going to play is their communities on fire mm-hmm. with the uh, gun range fire yeah. recently put out there in uh, just just off of Bountiful. And uh, they put together a fundraiser, super last minute, just pass around the collection bucket, essentially, uh, and raise uh, nearly $500 for the Braves to help with uh, faculty and students and their families um, dealing with uh, one of the larger blazes in the state. So pretty cool moment. Shout out to the Red Devils for that. Just wanted to kind of throw that out there. All right. Uh, anything in the 6A ranks stand out to you, Sean? I, I was kind of looking around. I didn't necessarily see anything that's too crazy. I do want to give props to Copper Hills. They're 3-0 and to start the year. It's good to see the Grizzlies really doing some good things. Kearns is also 3-0 and to start the year. But then down in Region 4, all of the contenders look like they're ready to go. Pleasant Grove might be a little bit of a surprise with their 3-0 and start in my mind, but I think Region 4 is just stacking up to be another murderer's row. Yeah, and there's... We're, we're bearing the lead on the story of the week, really, Jake, because there is a new top contender in Class 6A with the way that uh, Corner Canyon hosting Bingham last week and just shellacks uh, the Miners 56-28. to Austin Bell goes off for four rushing touchdowns. Um, it's the most points allowed by the Bingham defense since, ni- since the 1991 state semifinals. Um, I thought it was 99. Is it 91? He goes even back even further. What did huh? I say? Did I say 91? Yeah. 1999 state semifinals. So it was a good Still. skyline. 20 years? Yeah. Cur- courtesy smokes. of uh, the great George Felt, so I'm yes. going to trust that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the Chargers are for real. I, they're moving up a classification, obviously, from 5A to 6A, but this is, until further notice, we talked about Dixie being the best team in 4A. Uh, I think Quarter Canyon is the best team in the state until further notice, but it doesn't get any easier as they get ready for Region 4 play. Yeah, you're right, and uh, you're, I did kind of bury the lead there, and I will freely admit that. Corner Canyon... Similar to uh, what Dixie is doing in the 4A ranks, but even to a bigger degree, because Corner Canyon's schedule has not been easy. They have absolutely dominated everybody who has faced them, and doing what they did to Bingham sends a massive, massive statement to the rest of the state that the Chargers are for real. Yeah, already wins over the reigning 4A champion, now playing in 5A in Orem. They go and they shut out Harriman, which is a pretty consistent playoff team. Well, Harriman uh, went not a little Helix bit more. High school, just, didn't yeah, they? just yeah. a couple of years removed from a state title huh? of their own. Um, probably going to make some national waves here this week. Um, and, but, but like I said, I mean, region play um, is upon us. They, uh, they've got Jordan this week, and then Alta PG Lone Peak. That uh, that Corner Canyon Lone Peak game on Friday, September twenty seventh. Might want to mark that on your calendar because yeah. that could be a little bit of fun. 
Um, and then, uh, and then uh, ending the year at American Fork as well. So absolute murderers, murderers row left in the season. There's still a lot of football to be played. But I think if you're Chargers coach Eric Kerr, you've got to like where your boys are right now just with what they've accomplished, what they've done. Um, and it's got to give you a little bit of confidence for what's left. Yeah, it's true. It will be interesting. All right, Sean. I think we'll take a time out here on the uh, and come back on the flip side. We're going to be joined by the host of Deseret News Rewind. If you want to watch multiple high school football games on a Friday night, NFL Red Zone style, you need to tune into Deseret News Rewind. Dusty Litster, a good friend of both of ours, does an incredible job uh, covering everything going on in high school football, and he bounces around from game to game to game. We're going to talk to him about his early impressions of the high school football season as region play really gets going. That'll be coming up next right here on the Utah Prep Zone, presented to you by our good friends at John Watson Chevrolet up there in Ogden. Check them out if you're looking for a new Chevrolet. More in a moment. This is the Utah Prep Zone podcast. Welcome back to the Utah Prep Zone podcast. I'm Jay Catch. He is Sean Walker sitting across from me, and we are pleased to welcome in our good friend, Dusty Litster from Deseret News Rewind. If you want to watch multiple high school games on a Friday night, you need to check out what Dusty is doing over at Deseret. Is, that, is it Deseret.com now, Dusty? Am I, is that where the... Yeah, Deseret. Yep, Deseret.com. Yep. All right. Well, Dusty, how are you, my friend? Oh, man, great. You know, just... Uh, one more sleep, and I get to head down to Vegas for the Poly Classic. So life's good, man. Football's back in our life, and uh, I can't, you know, it's been a great four weeks, let's just say that. It's where you know that you're in the right place in life when football's going on. I, so. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, no Utah teams in the Poly Classic this year, correct? Uh, no, Logan. Logan's oh, Logan. playing against Desert oh, Pine. Okay. Yep. So at least we got one so we'll representative. See, one representative. We'll see how, how Logan does. I mean, it's been a little topsy-turvy for them. Um, if every first quarter was like the fourth quarter um, <laughs> that they had against uh, a couple weeks ago, I'm trying to now all of a sudden I want to talk about it and it's totally escaped my mind. But uh, they were trying to multiple points. Fourth quarter came back and we lost by three. I mean, this is a, a high-powered offense. When it gets right, it's it's really right. So it'll be fun to watch them. Well, Dusty, you're kind of the guy who keeps track of those crazy, weird, um, maybe just fascinating endings, if you will, every Friday night with the uh, Des News Rewind whip around. And I I think the best way that I can describe it to all of my friends, and feel free to correct me if I'm totally off here, but it's basically the NFL red zone of... Uh, Utah high school football. Fantastic work yep. that uh, you and Vince and the guys, Dane, obviously, and whatnot, uh, are putting in over there. But can you give us kind of just sort of a, a brief rundown? Um, you, you know, you obviously don't need the full oral history of it, but just sort of a brief rundown of how that idea came to mind and, and, and kind of why you guys wanted to start sort of this, this whip around coverage every Friday night. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Vince and I have worked on this for years. Uh, we were on a different platform for – you know, it was kind of crazy. Most people didn't know for almost 10 years, well, for over 10 years, we were on a different platform on the television side. And, and every year we try to think of something new. We wanted to do something different. And we got some rewind came from the idea of shooting a full game of full broadcast and condensing it down to 30 to 45 minutes. That's where our name came from of, of high school rewind, not Deseret News Rewind. And then when we wanted to get digital, I said, I was like, now we could really make a red zone channel, take the Sunday experience and put it on Friday night and figure out how we we're doing it. Because at the time we were, we were doing six games every Friday night um, on a different platform. Every Friday, we were at six different places. And so when we finally got the, we had gotten some stuff and figured out how to actually make this work, um, I went to Vince, like, hey, we got to figure this out. And he and his dad, Bill Francis, always had to give Bill credit. But uh, Bill is kind of the master of scientist, mad scientist with all this stuff. And he figured out how we could uh, take in all these streams and opportunities once we created the partnership with Deseret News and, and Deseret Digital Media, uh, where we have access to. I mean, anywhere up to 16 to 20 games every Friday night. And like, we can take this database, how can we make this work? And um, credit goes to them um, for making it work. Take my crazy ideas and, and make them happen. And so uh, now every Friday night, you can watch it, uh, Deseret News Rewind Live. And uh, I think last week we went out of in and out of 12 games, but we go up and down the state, from Cash Valley to St. George and all up and down the Wasatch Front. We show you all those games, and we have terrific partners that – allow us to, to take those feeds and, and it's been spectacular it's been a, three years now this is our third year and, and uh 
every week we get done and Vince and I are like, this is why we do this. And uh, it's been a blast. Yeah, in a previous iteration of what I did with my high school coverage for the radio station, the zone that I work for, I would watch your stuff on Friday and it would help me kind of keep up with stuff as we were doing the show. And I think it's an absolutely fascinating idea and it's it's truly something that couldn't have happened maybe even 10 years ago. Am I right? 10 years ago, it couldn't. No, 10 years ago was when uh, I actually thought of it. Initially, that's when we launched High School Rewind because um, was, there wasn't anywhere that you could grab what we were doing. The software hadn't been... Uh, made available and um and it was even like four years after we started so about six years ago is when i first was like we've just the next step for us is become a red zone channel um for high school football and um and we just kind of kept plugging away at it and, and finally just had an aha moment which you know everyone kind of goes through that it's like this is how we can do it and uh and once we did it it was like this is what we were built for and um you know every friday night i, sent, I tweeted out a picture i think uh, the other night on last Friday, I was like, hey, here's here's my experience on Friday nights, and you see my two screens with, uh, I think there's what nine games on there, and uh, it's just so much fun to sit back and get to watch all the state and, and just really enjoy it. Yeah, it does it kind of gives you a nice uh, sort of a, a, a fifty thousand foot view, if you will, of high school football, and maybe that's one of the downsides for you is is it seems <laughs> like you can't get out to a game on Friday night as often as you used to because you kind of have to anchor and host and and monitor all these different games at once. Um, but that's also got to be really nice to be able to sort of see the bigger picture of Utah high school football. So let's jump into the 2019 season yeah. here this fall. Uh, we're about three weeks in for most teams. Um, and uh, what's kind of stood out just sort of in the big picture as we see realignment has sort of changed the map mm-hmm. of high school football in the state. Um, and, uh, and, 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 you know, some unique rivalries are starting to come in with new schools and old schools and old schools playing in new places and that sort of thing. Are, are there sort of one or two sort of big picture concepts that you're starting to see develop a little bit with this season? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest one we all got to see on last Friday, and that is that Corner Canyon is that good. You know, so many times it doesn't matter if it's Lone Peak basketball when Jack, after Jack Emery graduated and they were moved up to 5A from 4A, they didn't make the playoffs. You know, Corey Chase ended up going playing at BYU Hawaii and had a good career, but he they couldn't get to the playoffs with Quincy Lewis even. And so watching what Eric Kerr is doing at Corner Canyon, I mean, you're looking at the behemoth of Utah football uh, this year, in my opinion. It's going to be a lot of fun. So the, the what's awesome, it's almost what we've gotten with Bingham and East. Remember when East came up and they wanted Bingham. It became we want Bama kind of thing. And, and all of a sudden, here's Lone Peak and Corner Canyon at the end of September. Both could come in undefeated and play in a region game. I mean, that to me is the – that's the – Right now, the arc of the season is going to be that midpoint there, and then we'll see how the RPI goes, where that goes. But to me, the, the early story this year is uh, is Corner Canyon and how good they've been, especially beating being the way they beat them. All of a sudden now, it's how do they handle the expectations? Uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, the other one, to me, that, that we, we're going to make sure we chronicle every single week on our show. So if you watch Deseret News Rewind, you get sick, but uh, I'll, I'll take it on the chin, but I really don't mind it. Um, and that is Bryson Barnes. Bryson Barnes. Um, I joke all the time. We only talk five, eight, six, eight. I get blasted on Facebook a lot about that. But I'm a I'm a rural kid. I grew up in Wellington, Utah, for heaven's sake, with the carbon high of me and Jan Jorgensen, and uh, County High School. And so, uh, so to take the chance to put a spotlight on a kid, Bryson Barnes down in Milford, who is just he can't count for nine touchdowns on Friday. And when you watch it, it's not that he's doing anything extra to make it happen. It's just what he does. And he's a he's a terrific talent. And there's you know there's me that's like man. Can we do a mid-year transfer and throw this kid into <laughs> pick a school that can you know take another quarterback, put him at you know wherever, and see how good he is? Because when you watch him, it, it he's got a great arm and stuff. So those are the two biggest things I look at right now: is the rise of Corner Canyon and then the complete dominance of uh, of Bryson Barnes. I I would love to see a, a new reality TV show on the uh, Desert News High School Rewind channel called QB Swap, where we take <laughs> we take someone like Bryson Barnes and we swap him out with I don't know, we give him like Lone Peaks offense. Can you yeah. imagine him playing in the same in the same setup as uh, as Nate Ritchie or something like that? I mean that would just, yeah. that would be must see TV. Uh, it, it would be <laughs> unreal. You know, because the fun thing was that Ronnie Nelson, right, did it in 3A his senior year, right? And he just yes. put the world on fire. But he was 4A the year before he went to the championship game. So there was a baseline of, yeah, Ronnie Nelson's really, really good. And then you watched him just go dominate inferior talent and he just killed them. And that was my first year covering high school football. 
And now it's like right from Barnes, like, I would love to have had that baseline of where he was too. So that, that, there's a new one. Sean, I'm going to go to the USSAA and see if we can get that through. Rob Tesla, <laughs> we'll ask him that one at our next uh, State of the uh, Activity Association interview. Well, well Dusty, Dusty, if you will accept this rose, I'm on board for that. Oh, goodness. Let's not talk <laughs> about every, that. Every, every week I'll accept. I will, whoa, 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 whoa. That, that is my life. Bachelor, we don't miss that. That's a, that's a staple in the Lister household. You're, you're, I will gladly accept that rose. You're two against one on this one, Jake. Sorry. <laughs> I guess we just need to end this interview right now. <laughs> Uh, Dusty, I w- you mentioned it just a minute ago, the RPI rating, the new system the UHSA yeah. has implemented this year. The first rankings are supposed to come out later this month. Uh, what have you made of the transition to this new system, and what do you expect from it in its inaugural season? Well, I think it's interesting that there's a lot of things that could happen in the future. Um, if you want something, I can retweet the link later. Uh, we actually talked with Rob Cup about this at length um, back in the spring. Uh, we, we He's been so great last year two years we've sat down with him and gone maybe make three videos like each time out of it because he'll give us an hour we sit down and go through it um i you talk to coaches and there is you know, they like it but there's also very much a hesitancy toward what it's going to look like the great thing about this year the way the RPI, rpi will work is that it doesn't mean that's what it's going to look like next year and the activity association in conjunction with max prep is very willing to say okay here are the changes we need to make different than the bcs was or anything like that like Hey, we'll make changes to the to the formula. We're gonna make changes to how this works because right now, when you look at the region play, it's great that it's happening. But what does it give you when you win your region, right? What does it actually afford you if you're region two? So if you're Kearns, you'll win region two. What does it actually give you if in the RPI you're because of your schedule you're actually 13? Um, that's gonna be the interesting thing when I watch how this goes. I, I like the system. I like the change. I like getting away from the pre seeding because there's no reason that AF was a four seed, or pardon me, the PG is a four seed heading to the one seed at, uh, at at East. Like that wasn't an advantage to East to be the win region champion in region three and get a team that makes it to the, the championship game. So I like that change to it. And I think what we're going to see is uh, region four is probably all four teams are probably in the top 12, I would say. Uh, Westlake's had a tough start to the year. Um, but you're going to have three of those four teams that probably make up the top five. And so you're really going to get an interesting look at what this state is um, as far as 6A goes. Uh, 5A will be very interesting where that will go. But it'll be, I think, the way you're going to seed it out will be interesting. I know there's a lot of cry about why doesn't every team make the playoffs. But I think that will come as will change as this evolves and, and gives more time. But I, I think it's a great change for the state of Utah. And I think it's only a step in the right direction. Dusty, we've thrown you enough uh, softball questions here so far, so uh, I'm going to hit you with some hard-hitting journalism and really make okay. you squirm a little bit. All right, big J journalism. Here yeah, we go. yeah, big big capital J journalism here uh, right now. You're obviously a proud dino from Carbon. Uh, yeah. Your, your dino starting out the year, well, I guess it's not really too abnormal, but they're 0-2 going yeah. to Judge Memorial this week. Uh, when are the Dinos going to pick up their first win this year? <laughs> uh, you know what's painful is that every year since my junior year, um, we've started on maybe like two years. My Dinos have started on two. Um, so uh, I apologize to Carbon for starting that streak back in 01. Actually, we won our first game in 01. What am I saying? We beat, uh, we beat Jamal Willis. Oh, in nice. In the Pacing Lions, yeah, in his first game. So uh, Carbon, I think it's, it's this week. It's this week. This week we're gonna we're gonna take care of Judge. Yeah, uh, Judge is Judge hasn't been in the basement as long as we've been there. Uh, but this is the week that we get there. I, I honestly believe that. I don't Judge has snapped their they snapped their streak last week, and and we don't have a streak other than we beat Emory, and then you know I think we picked up one other win last year. So yeah, this week we take care of business. Dinos, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna cheer for old Carbon this week. I like it. I like it. And if nothing else, uh, you've got that uh, rivalry game with Emory just a couple weeks away. So. Yeah, and the Spartans are down once again. So if we can pick up two in a row, that hasn't happened in my lifetime anyway. Uh, hey. The cold bucket stays in price two years in a row. So I, I'll, I'll gladly take that to Donald take care of business. P.S. The cold bucket is one of the great rivalry trophies in this state. <laughs> it is tremendous. I remember we brought it home my junior year. Not only we bring the cold bucket home, we took a big piece of turf oh, out nice. of that field at, at Emory as a 50-yard line. We went out there and dug that sucker up and then buried it. And uh, we used to have a turf cemetery. So yeah, it's a it's a glorious thing to do that. 
Well, well, you mentioned you mentioned the coal bucket right there. Obviously, a great rivalry. Um, I know it's serious, even if I don't know at nearly as much as I should about the coal bucket or picking up turf <laughs> like that. So I feel totally <laughs> underprepared. Um, but obviously, you mentioned Bryson Barnes uh, down in two way with Milford and, and kind of some of the stuff that he's doing. But uh, uh, so, sort of in in that same vein, Dusty, I'm going to give you a chance to call out the rest of us here on the Wasatch Front. So mostly five A, six A, a little bit of four A. What's Something that we're not talking about nearly enough in high school Ooh. football. Do you think uh, whether you it's, is there like a team, like a team or a player, or um, you know an overall trend? You know, maybe maybe defenses are so much better than offenses or something like that. Is there something that we're not talking about enough mm. that you think people should be talking about more, and, and and maybe they will be by the end of the season? Well, I think coming into the year, I would have said Nate Ritchie would have been that. Would, would have been in one of those things. But I, I, I always do teams or players. It's hard for me to say where it is because I think every year we're seeing it kind of stay the same, right? Southern regions in both of those, four, 5A, 6A, and even 4A, are kind of beating up everybody else um, for the most part in most of the football. Um, but I think it would be the quick turn of some of these young teams. Uh, maybe you guys probably thought about it nuts, and maybe I miss it, but Daniel Coates is absolutely spectacular. Um, and I, th- I think what Dan Coates is doing at Farmington and what uh, McGeary has done at Provo are two of the best coaching jobs right now in the state. Um, and, and, you know, and McGeary, you know, th- this will probably be, I, I mean, I'm hearing rumblings, it could be a swan song, things like that, the last go around, and, and he's going to hang him up. But, um, and he's done such a, sp- a great job at Provo. And look at the stability he's brought to a program that was uh, Ty Jones and nobody else is a freshman, I mean, kind of thing. And, uh, look at what he's doing there it is a lot of fun. Um, and Sean, if I'm misanswering your question, just let me know. Um, but the other is what Dan Coates is doing at, at, at Farmington. And we've seen this before, right? Syracuse did this. Um, and I think it was 07 their first year, um, where they, they were pretty, they were pretty decent in their first year. They, I think they might have made the playoffs, but their second and third years is where also the Kavika Fanu and that crew. Um, made a big jump. And then you look at what Dan Coates is doing right now. It has Farmington 3-0, and and they take Ridgeline, who mm-hmm. scored 58 points on Pineview, um, and then won the week before, coming in undefeated, and they absolutely – I mean, that was one of the games we streamed. Stephen Cruz was there for me. Um, and they absolutely just housed Ridgeline. And they looked so good doing it. And Everton has been really good at quarterback. Toon is an outstanding running back, runs a power, big late kid. Um, be very, very good to watch what Farmington does and what that's going to look like this week. I know all this – it's just sad that they're 3-0 and so they're going to go play Lone Peak and, and maybe that's going to be a better game than I think. But right now, I think those are two misses, right? It's how good Provo is this year and how good they will be. And it's also – look how impressive Dan Coates has been in year two at Farmington that right now, if you're looking to reach a championship, it's my opinion, you're looking Farmington, Woods Cross battling out there in Region 5. Yeah, it should be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll be looking forward to seeing your work, Dusty. Can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us today, and we'll do it again soon, okay? Hey, thanks, fellas. Anytime. That was uh, Dusty Lister, host of Deseret News High School Rewind. Once again, you can check that out at Deseret.com and Live.KSL.com every Friday night. Again, if you're not going out to a game or watching a particular game via live stream, that's a really good kind of NFL red zone style whip around coverage that Dusty and Vince and his crew um, have going up there. I highly recommend checking that out every week. And I highly recommend Dusty even more now knowing how big of a Bachelor fan he is, Jake. <laughs> I can't. I can't endorse that. I'm not a Bachelor guy at all, so I am not endorsing that. But I know in your your realm, absolutely, you're endorsing it. So at least one of us is endorsing that. We're going we're gonna to make QB swap happen. So Rob, Rob Cuff, we're coming for you. We're, uh, we're going to ask you for that, your blessing. That is a pretty fascinating idea, though, absolutely. But, yeah, I can't thank him enough for taking the time to join us. All right, Sean, uh, let's take our penultimate timeout on today's podcast. We'll come back and we'll look ahead to week four. How about that? All right, let's do it. Coming up next, more on the Utah Prep Zone. <laughs> Welcome back to Utah Preps Zone, our final segment on today's edition of the podcast, and we're going to look ahead to what's happening this weekend in Utah High School Football Week 4, Sean, and region play starts kicking into pretty high gear here. Not all of the state and region play, but we have the two-way ranks. Uh, Region 1, of course, started last week. We added Region 2, Region 6, Region 7, Region 8, Region 10, 
all to the uh, different regions that are kicking off region play this weekend. It's exciting, Sean. I know that region play has been devalued in this new era of the UHSAA's uh, RPI system, but it is still fun because you have some of these, um, how do I describe it, intersectional rivalries and just how these regional setups meet up, and that should be, make for a fun stretch run of the season. Here. Yeah, and I know a lot of people um, kind of throw, throw some shade against the RPI because they think it does devalue the regular season like that. But one thing that it has done is it has helped reconstruct the balance of power in regions, and now you have a lot more neighborhood rivalries. It's the old neighborhood coming in, mm-hmm. um, with some, especially with some of the changes that we've seen recently in, in Region 2, Region 3, Region 4. Uh, in particularly, you're seeing groups of schools that have kind of grown up together through their lifespans, and, and they've been close together. You know, I'm, I'm thinking in particular, especially of like Bingham being back in Region Three, yes, um, yeah, Region Three is maybe not what Region Four used to be, just in terms of overall football excellence and competitiveness. But now you have these geographic rivalries um, that that they're going to be able to play with Copper Hills East, uh, Jordan Harriman. You know, playing these teams every single year. There's there's a neighborhood aspect to it that I think is going to be a lot of fun to see, and we're going to start seeing a lot more of it right now with region play opening up for the vast majority of the state. But if we could start with some non-region play, maybe just one or two, because I think the game of the week this week, Jake, it is a non-region. Um, is definitely a non-region game. And Dusty Lister touched touched on it in our last segment. Fantastic work, um, fantastic uh, stuff from him. But undefeated three and zero Farmington and uh, former BYU coached by former BYU tight end Danny Coates heading to undefeated three and zero Lone Peak, mm-hmm. led by do it all senior himself Nate Ritchie, a guy that it seems like every school, every college in the state wants him to commit to them. Um, who knows where he winds up, but he can run, he can catch, he can throw the ball. He He's even the kicker and the punter. I mean, this this is a game that you're probably not going to want to miss if you're a neutral in Utah high school football, is, is the Phoenix heading to Alpine to take on the Lone Peak Knights. Yeah, that game, I know that a lot of people probably think of Farmington, really, but 3-0? Wyatt Evertson is fantastic. They got a good coach, like uh, Dusty said, and Daniel Coates. I, I've actually been very impressed with what Daniel Coates has done making that transition because he played in the NFL for a while, been making that transition to being a coach. Now, he's done a great job. This is a pretty new high school, but they're off to a great start this season. And I think this, this very much will be a good test for them to see okay, where they're at exactly in relation to a powerhouse like the Knights. Yeah, and Lone Peak coming in off of a really big win Correct. on the road, forty-one to twenty-one, uh, in Moore Park, California, against nationally relevant uh, Narbon. Uh, I mentioned Nate Ritchie before what he's been able to do so much. He he's, he had a sixty-yard pick-six to kind of ice that game away, but then ad- averaged, if I can do my math right, one, two, three, four field goals in that game. <laughs> so he's the kicker too. I don't know if I can stress that enough. He's also the kicker, Jake. He does everything. Yeah, he really does do everything. So um, again, if you don't have yeah. a rooting interest anywhere, Farmington at Lone Peak is very much the game of the week. Um, but two, there are there are a couple of other nice games too. I've got two other ones in non-region I want to mention in particular. One is at the 6A ranks, and that's American Fork at East. American Fork off to a flying start I was going to go right year. there. Thank you. East High School. East has actually been a little quieter than they have been in the past this year, but they're still plenty stout. They have plenty of athletes in their own right. That should be a good game. American Fork will see if their high-flying offense can go on the road to enemy territory and pick up a win there. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? We'll get to the other one I had to mention here in just a second. No, 100%. And I think AF is coming in a little bit underrated and maybe even a little bit undervalued in Region 4 just because you have so many top-tier teams, so many high-quality teams, but they played a really difficult schedule to open the season. Only loss coming in right now uh, by by a point, 35-34 at Arborview down in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a bad loss. I, I lived in Vegas for several years, Jake. Like, Let me tell the listener, that's not a terrible loss to have. <laughs> um, and this is an American 4 team that I think is going to be towards the top of Region closer to the top than the bottom of Region 4 when all things is said and all things are said and done. And I think they're probably a top, t- top 10 team RPI wise by the time the playoffs start. So this is a really, really good matchup and a great test to see where these two teams stand before they jump into region play. 
especially. Absolutely. And then the other game I wanted to mention here, Sean, you feel free to add any others other than this. We're going to dip down to the one of the lower divisions, I guess the lowest division in high school football, Duchesne at Milford. This game could be very interesting because Duchesne is one of the traditional powers in the 2A ranks, and we've already talked about Bryson Barnes and what he's doing for Milford. This could be the really the game that I think that Milford says, guess what, boys? We may have moved up to classification, but we're just as good as anybody here. Yeah, and it's as under the radar as Milford's been able to be for the first couple weeks of the season because of the dissolving of 1A football and Mm -hmm. throwing them into 2A and how are they going to adjust and all that is, is, you know, how much of a step up is it going to be? How will they handle it? This is maybe the first week where they're now seen as the hunted team in 2A. They are the team to beat. They're going to get everyone's best shot. And Duchesne has a really good best shot. I mean, just a perennial 2A semifinalist uh, made made a state championship game run just a couple of years ago. And they're always in the top four or five conversation when you talk about that 2A classification. So with with Milford, with this target, how does Milford handle the target on their back? Mm -hmm. Um, In particular, what what does Bryson Barnes do to kind of handle sort of that pressure, I guess, um, that this Duchesne defense is going to throw at them. And can the Eagles prove to be, once again, one of those top teams in the classification? you got sort of this old money, new money type of rivalry coming yes. in here with this game, mm-hmm. which I think will be, it, it'll just be fascinating to see how both of them handle this new status, I guess. Duchesne had one of the more in- interesting score lines of high school football I've noticed this year. They played a Carbon on a Thursday night. We talked about the Carbon Dinos with uh, Dino alum Dusty Lister in the last segment. Hashtag they, go Dinos. They won that game eleven to nothing. You rarely see a score like that in high school football. It was just kind of a fascinating scoreline to see that. But that's how Duchesne plays too. I mean, they've yes. got a menacing defense. They really punish teams that try to run against them. Uh, they're hard hitting, short tackling. Um, I don't think Bryson Barnes is going to be able to throw maybe as well as he's been able to yeah. um, on this Duchesne defense if he can. Big props. I'll, I'll give him some some uh, perennial some 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 pre props. I guess yes to him if he can do that. Um, but strength on strength, offense on defense. I think this one's going to be magical. Absolutely, it should be fun. We mentioned though that uh, region play is starting out, so let's look at a couple of the early season kind of week one two ish region matchups, mm-hmm. um, if you will. And uh, one that I'm going to highlight right here is is. A battle between one team that's probably a region favorite and another team that is probably not. Okay. But kind of like BYU and Utah, no matter where both teams are, this game is always really close and really weird. And, of course, I'm talking about Region 8. Springville headed just a couple miles down the road to the Spanish Fork border to play Maple Mountain. Um, <laughs> Maple Mountain's had a really rough go recently. Mm-hmm. Um They've had good athletes. They yeah, just haven't had I, I mean, I mean, great. Yeah, like great athletes, great players, and whatever. They just, they they haven't started out nearly as well as they want. But this is a true rivalry in every sense of the word. And Jake, what do we do with rivalries around here? Toss the records out the window. You got to throw the records out. You got to. You got to throw the records out. So, uh, Springville coming in off of a much closer than expected win over Bountiful. Um, I th- I think the Braves kind of figured something out in terms of starting that that high flying potent offense that the Red Devils are employing. Um, and we'll see if Maple Mountain can kind of do the same thing. Because once again, I I think this could be another one score game if we're not careful. There is another Hall boy playing for Maple Mountain. Of course, I'm speaking of the of the family, the Hall family. Kalen Hall, his sons, Jaron Hall, who's a quarterback at BYU. Each one of these Hall boys has been absolutely spectacular for Maple Mountain, so keep an eye out in that game. I think, is it Kyson is the current Hall that's playing for Maple Mountain, if I'm not mistaken? We'll see what happens there in that game. Sean, another game I'm interested in watching, and this is just for my personal, uh, I want to see wh- where these two teams stand. It's in Region 7. Orem at Alta. Uh, these two teams, I think, have aspirations of being contenders in this region, being uh, being players in the 5A ranks. This type of a game where you have Orem going to Alta, I think it could really sort out, okay, who's who's a contender, who's a pretender in this regard? Yeah, and Orem started out the year a little bit rougher than I think Coach Jeremy Hill and his staff expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one and two on the season. Obviously, they've had some health concerns, notably a guy by the name of Noah Sewell. You Correct. might have heard of him. 
certain five-star linebacker who's got offers from just about everyone under the sun. Everything I've heard from reports out of that camp is that he is getting healthier and healthier. He might make his return sooner than later. As soon as he does, I think Orem is suddenly a contender to win the Region 7 title, and we'll maybe know a lot more about them by how they open up region play on the road at Alta. So that's that's a great poll okay. right there, Jake. And one more game for me. You, you feel free to weigh in once I'm done with this. In region 10, region 10 opens up region play, all eight teams in action. The best oh, I know game, where you're going. I know where you're going. The best game in this one is Ogden at Don't Mountain Don't say, oh, you said it. You said it. <laughs> and I'll freely admit, I've got a rooting interest for Mountain View. I've got, a, I've got a brother who plays for Mountain View. But here's the thing, Sean. If Mountain View gets past Ogden in this game on Friday night, they could be 6-0 and hosting Park City on Friday, September 27th, which probably will be looking like a region a title bout in regards to those two teams. Mountain View High School, and I'll get this out of the way right now, Mountain View High School at 6-0, and they haven't done something like this since the late 1990s. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a minute. It's uh, been it's yeah. been since uh, you were in elementary school, I think. Uh, yeah, I was I was <laughs> cruising around the Bruin Bowl, sliding down the MV that they have there when this was going on last time. It would be fascinating to see Mountain View do that. I still think that Mountain View is flying under the radar. I'm not necessarily ready to crown them as a true contender in the 4A ranks. I'm not sure I'll ever be able to do that because. I, you look at teams like Dixie. Dixie is just so good. I think they're on a different level than a team like Mountain View. But to see Mountain View potentially run a record to maybe 6-0 and before facing a stout team in their region like Park City would be cool to see. Yeah, and, and one thing I really... That I, that I think you've got to really like if you're a Mountain View fan is schedule. Their schedule this year is mm-hmm. shaping up very, very nicely where probably some of the, probably their toughest games of region play are going to be at home. Yes. You mentioned obviously tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow, Friday, correct. Friday, yep. uh, this Friday, so we don't date it, uh, <laughs> against Ogden. Ogden. I think that's yep. a tough one. And then they draw Park City and Tooele both home. at home. Yeah. As well, going to Uinta, Ben Lomond, Stansbury, and then the new school, Cedar Valley. So the schedule's really shaping up very well for the Bruins to do something and establish themselves as a contender for a at least a region title, um, if, not a state, if not a state playoff run. If you want a guy to keep an eye on from Mountain View on the defensive side of the ball, if you ever just are wondering, Elwood Afalava. He is worth the price of admission. He's got four sacks on the season already as a defensive end. He is on his way to a monster, monster season. All right, Sean, any other games you want to mention before we wrap this thing up? Uh, Region 9 play continues once again. We'll see if Crimson can make it 2-0. They're on the road at Harriman. And oh, we were going to talk about... Uh, yeah, so go, go. Sorry, go ahead. I'll get to it in a second. Yeah, uh, Crimson Cliss is on the yeah. road at Harriman. Obviously, we'll see if they can go two and zero. And then I really want to see Desert Hill see if they can respond from this zero and three start to the season at Snow Canyon. Snow Canyon is what's the word that I like to use a lot, Jake? Feisty. Two and yeah. one on the season. One and zero in Region Nine play. Maybe very secretly a little uh, Dixie's biggest contender in Region Nine. But Maybe we'll so. know a lot more with how they can handle the Desert Hills program that is admittedly very down off of a poor start. Is is it just an uh, uh, what's the word? An aberration? Correct. From the Thunder um, or. Maybe Snow Canyon can establish itself a little bit. I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on that score, certainly, uh, and the pages of the spectrum down south in St. George. All right, uh, Sean, you mentioned this at the, earlier in the podcast. Fill us in what's going on with Crimson Cliffs and their turf. What's going on here? Um, fill us in. Where do I start, Jake? Where do I start? Well, Crimson Cliffs, obviously, the uh, new high school out there in kind of the Washington Fields area. Of, uh, of St. George and Washington. Um, they're putting their school together. They laid down a, a brand new, what was supposed to be state-of-the-art turf um, made out of uh, coconut husk. Correct. Uh, down there on the football field. And the field didn't take quite as well, obviously, to that dry, hot, arid St. George desert, as you would expect. Mm-hmm. So they actually had to push back several games, um, several uh, 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 soccer games and whatnot that were originally going to be on that turf. They host a game Friday night, and uh, everything I'm hearing now is that the the field is just a mess. It's a complete mess, and there is a legitimate concern over whether or not the Mustangs will be able to play another football game all year 
at home <laughs> because of the mess that, that the turf is. So um, definitely something we'll be keeping an eye on. There have been statements floating out, out and about. Uh, St. George News is a really good place for this if you don't subscribe to the Spectrum, who's also all over it correct? Um, as well. But but fascinating, fascinating story because this was supposed to be like the, the newest, greatest hybrid state of the art. This isn't, you know, your grandpa's AstroTurf, correct. if you will. This was supposed to be really nice. And for some reason, it's just not taking. Yeah, they've had to switch um, contractors to on this. It's, it's just, it's been tough. So I like what they're trying to do, Sean, because this turf is supposed to play more like actual grass, it's supposed to reduce injuries because turf can, is notorious for maybe exacerbating certain injury concerns. It's unfortunate that it's not having worked out so far. Let's hope it has a positive ending in, for all of this because it'd be kind of unfortunate for Crimson Cliffs to have to play their home games on the road as well as their road games on the road. I know their home games, they played one at, at Trailblazer Stadium where Dixie State plays there in St. George, but you would like to see them be able to actually have their own home field advantage at some point. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, fortunately, that is, I guess, a little bit of an option, but it's still just not quite the same as Correct. being on campus in your neighborhood in front of your own fans, you know, making your fans travel a little bit more um, and that kind of thing. It's just not quite quite the same. So uh, we'll see if that, uh, we'll keep an eye on that, see if uh, something gets figured out there with the new school in Washington Fields. Um, If not, a lot of road games, but that's high school football. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right, Sean, any parting wisdom or thoughts from you before we wrap this thing up? Once again, if you're a high school football fan or just a football fan in general in this state, support your local team. Go out, watch them play this Friday night. Tickets are really cheap. It's a really great way to see kind of the next generation of football players that you could be that you'll probably see play on Saturday and maybe even Sunday. State of Utah has a great track record for all that. Um, and if not, if you want to stay home. Uh, shameless plug for my day job, live.ksl.com. We'll have, I think, about 14 games as of right Sweet. now. Maybe might be adding a couple more right before kickoff um, for you to watch. Bryson Barnes will always be on, of course. Thanks to the fine people at Milford for that one. Man. Absolutely. Uh, check out the podcast. You can follow it at Utah Preps Zone on Twitter. We're going to work on getting the other social media feeds set up as well. But thanks again for supporting the show as always. Give us a good rating and review on whichever podcatcher you use, particularly if you're on Apple Podcasts. Those five-star reviews are worth their weight in podcast gold. Uh, thanks to Dusty Lister for joining us today. Check out his work at Deseret.com. Thanks to you, Sean, for being the co-host on this podcast. Thanks to all of you who have tuned in. We will catch you next time. This has been the Utah Prep Zone Podcast. Yes, and to each other.